And what is up, everyone? I am Joe DeHoyos. I am the host of Beyond the Woodline. Um, just real quick before we get into today's show, I just want to tell everyone, uh, if you have any kind of strange encounters, any sightings, any strange experiences with the unknown, shoot me an email. It's beyond.woodline at gmail.com. Uh, I promise you I'll listen to you at the very least. I'll, you know, I'll be that shoulder for you guys. I know sometimes you guys can't go to friends and family, even people that you really trust. Uh, not that uh, I'm like the, uh, the perfect person in the world, but I promise you, you can trust me and I'll keep your story between us. Um, you know, part of what I do is, is try to get information out there and try to bring people together and, and try to uh, help those that need help. And, you know, I do a little bit of networking, you know, trying to get people with the right person and try to make sure you find the help that you need or assistance that you need and maybe answers in, along the way. Uh, you know, that's what I do here. I cover everything from UFOs to aliens to Bigfoot to paranormal, witchcraft, psychic mediums, you know, tarot card readers, you know, soul readings. I, I try to cover a, a wide variety of, of, of subjects. And uh, so, you know, I'm, uh, I won't think you're crazy. I mean, that's what I do, right? So uh, at least that, that much you'll know about me so with all that being said today i have with me earl gray anderson how you doing mr gray hi i'm doing well joe it's good to yeah. see you it's been you a know, while yeah, yeah it's <laughs> been at least a year yeah. and um you know your your bio is really really impressive you know it really is and uh one of the things that that uh, really caught my eye is that you included your family you know mm. And to me, that just told me tons about you. You know, you mentioned your kids and your grandkids and even your cat, you know, Thor, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, just just right off the bat, what does it mean to you to have your family so close to you? Oh, it means everything. I mean, happy wife, happy life. And that's that's really <laughs> true. And yeah. I uh, uh, the support that I have from 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 Lisa, uh, my wife is just uh, just amazing and 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 uh i don't know that i could do what i'm doing if i i couldn't if i didn't have the support of my family my my son is interested in this stuff my daughters they think it's interesting <laughs> right. but my son is he's one of those guys he's like on reddit you know doing all the reading all the ufo threads out there and i guess he and i, I was act, actually on ancient aliens last night and i right. guess that he and my grandson were we're we're very happy about that. It's my grandson's favorite show, or one of them, anyway. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's it's so important having the family, and even my cat Thor. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, <that's so laughs> he's cool, properly yeah. named. He's he's yeah. like, uh, you know, he's he's one of those ginger male cats that he's, okay. he's a little feisty, mm -hmm. but uh, big heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, uh, just just having my you know my own my own channel my own podcast my grandson loves it you know he thinks it's you know every time he sees me he's like grandpa did you see bigfoot did you find bigfoot you know <laughs> if you don't want me to show him pictures or whatever uh you know and my family hmm. uh you know my you know, my kids and my even my brother and my sister and my nephews and my niece they always uh they send me stuff when they find stuff in the mail or um, you know like online they find sure. an article or something and they'll shoot it over there to me it's like Hey, look, I just saw this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've known about that. But, you know, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. You don't just, look old enough to have grandkids, Joe. Yeah, I've, I've My a, goodness. I've got, a six I've got the gray hair, but, you know, you. That, well, I've got no hair. So, them. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, just give you an example, right? My my nephew, I guess it'd be Thursday or early Friday morning at 12.10 a.m. He sent me an article about the... Uh, uh this uh, where the russians got into like a a shootout i guess i i, I haven't read the whole article but i've heard it before mm. where like the uh the, eventually the the et's turned into stone or something like that you know oh yeah yeah I yeah 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 he actually i think they turned the, the i think they turned the russians into stone okay was that what way. it was yeah yeah right, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah yeah he's like hey I'm the gorgon effect Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I had forgotten about it, but I had read about it, you know, a couple of years mm -hmm. back. So, yeah, I, it, it's always fun when people do stuff. Like yeah. That. You don't want to piss off the aliens, you know. 
not a guide. They were shooting at that so-called, I guess, I don't know. They, they don't know what it is. The, the What in Alaska? I was actually going to ask you about that, you know, your thoughts on that, because all over TikTok, it's, it's a uh, UFO automatically, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you can shoot one of those down, but yeah, not I with don't bullets think... or with a missile. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, let's hope, let's hope they didn't start a interstellar incident with that. That's right. not yeah. a good idea. Well, apparently we've, we've shot at them before and they return, yes. you know, fire, you know, these things, they're not going to let us just, you know, take them out. There they they tend to be absorbed into the craft. There, there is right. one, uh, one account where uh, a fighter jet uh, shot a, a missile at, at a UFO and it was absorbed. Like they, the, the pilot felt like it was actually taking the energy from the weapon and using it in, you know, for propulsion right. or something. Or like the one in Vietnam, <laughs> right? You. Where they shoot. Yeah. Wasn't it Vietnam where the Americans shot a missile at it? And then the next day, that missile shows up and shoots an Australian boat. Oh really? I haven't. Yeah, yeah. that sounds yeah. appropriate. That sounds right. you know. Our visitors are very interested in our warrior side. Yeah. Right. I think it right. perplexes them and frustrates them. And with but you know, I mean, so many cases. Uh, and I've been doing this for about eight years now. You know, doing ufology. Just I threw myself at it, and I've got like nine hundred cases at this wow. point that I've investigated and you, you get to where you can start connecting the dots and you notice uh, similarities from case to case to case. Right. And right. so often that experiencers are left with, you know, certain messages and they're usually war is bad. You need to right. elevate your, your consciousness and, uh, and stop trashing the earth with pollution and, and garbage and it's like that's the trifecta of of uh of uh things that people are left with so it must be important to them and it, it seems like it doesn't matter what the being looks like uh it doesn't matter whether it was a benevolent or kind of a more malevolent setting uh they all seem to be with those messages if they're left with something telepathically you know right right yeah um yeah man I, you know i we're friends on Facebook, and it just seems like you're busy, busy, busy. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, you have a lot going on, and it looks like you're having fun, though, man. You want to talk? Oh, a I bit love about what, what I do. Yeah, I'm full time psychologist now. I mean, I retired from my nursing career two and a half years ago, and um, you know, I used to work twelve hour shifts as a nurse. You know, taking care of ventilator dependent patients and things like that. Um, now I put all that energy plus in, into my UF work that I do with MUFON and, and sometimes privately as well. Uh, and it's, I, I feel like this phenomena is very, very strange, but it is understandable. Um, you can, you can find certain patterns and certain things that, that are common through all of your cases, you know. And uh, it's it's just the most worthwhile endeavor I've ever been in in my life. I I feel like I am getting some answers. Yeah, uh, Doctor William Lester, he's from Atlanta. Good, good, good guy. He has a question. He says, "How does the guest feel about how the media deals with the UFO topic today?" Hmm. Hi there, Doctor Lester. It's good to meet you. Um, I think that the media is treating it better than they used to. I mean, it used to be that as soon as if it, if it were mentioned on a news program, you'd they'd cue in the X Files theme, and people right. would kind of start getting jokey and winking at each other. And I don't see that anymore. Um, certain, um, you know, even I mean, Tucker Carlson, hater, love him. I will tell you, the guy is really, really, um, he's approached the UFO, uh, phenomenon seriously. And, and I hope more, I hope we see more people doing that, you know, on both sides of the political fence, it's not a partisan issue. Yeah. Uh, and, right. and, and, uh, and it's not a funny jokey issue. It's, I think the most important thing that's happening on our planet, we're being right. visited and they're telling us something. And right. I think yeah. we better listen. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I normally try to stay away from celebrities when they give me their political views. But I've always found it interesting when celebrities talk about, you know, this subject, the paranormal, Bigfoot, or mm. anything like that. And 
because they're people at, at, at the end of the day and they experience stuff. Is there anybody else in the Bigfoot community? I mean, in the UFO community besides <laughs> Tom DeLong that, uh, that are really, really, uh, uh, oh, sure. This thing by the horns? Oh, you know, Dan Aykroyd, the comedian, right. he's very, very serious about this. Um, we've got, uh, we have, uh, Goldie Hawn's husband, what I can't say his name at the senior Russell. moment. You know, you get Kurt Russell. Right. Uh, he was actually flying a private plane oh, and right. saw the Phoenix lights from the air. And he put in a, a sighting report there on the spot as a pilot. Right. Right. And what's yeah. weird is, is that his mind, it was completely erased from his mind. He forgot about it. And oh, then wow. it came up again. And it was like, oh, my, that was me. That was me that, that put that call in um, because, you know, I, I mean, anybody that knows about this phenomenon knows that that our, our visitors will sometimes uh, sort of wash your your memories away. And, and the, but they will come back sometimes through hypnotic regression, but sometimes just by a little prompting uh, thing. And I guess that he saw the Phoenix lights mentioned in a newspaper or something and realized that he was the pilot that put that call in and he saw it from the air and he right. thought it was anomalous. So there's, you know, a couple, there's more, you know, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I what think every sitting doing? president in the last, you know, few generations has had some kind of either a sighting or, you know, Ronald Reagan talked about it in, in front of the, you know, uh, United nations for goodness sakes. So, right, um, you sure did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's and, not just hillbillies and stuff seeing UFOs. Although hillbillies see and report UFOs, and I take it very seriously. They're some of the right. better reports, but yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> I get them in from police officers, from lawyers, from doctors, from all walks of life. It's right, you know, not a. Well, uh, it, it, it's not a. It's not like it's just reaching out to a certain type of person it's right, for yeah. all of humanity i think yeah I, I think for the longest time uh in, in the bigfoot world uh people related the uh uh the witness with some backwoods hillbilly guy right and in reality i mean like you said it's police officers judges a surgeon i know a surgeon who moved here to texas so that he could investigate bigfoot more often <laughs> wow yeah. Yeah. There you is, go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, I but, know um, my, my general practitioner, I'll go to him for annual physical or something. He wants to talk UFO. It's like, oh, any good cases, you know, and he, he <laughs> you know, I have to bring him like a copy of the MUFON journal sometimes just to, you know, <laughs> he, right, he yeah. loves it. So, you know, there you go. Now at, at my job, I'm, I'm in printing and we put in this big press, and uh, I guess one of the guys, uh, one of you know my coworkers was talking to the guy who was putting in the press, who was installing it, and he told him about me. And the guy walks over there to me, he goes, "Hey, uh, you believe in all this stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah." He goes, "I used to be an investigator for Mufon when he lived in Florida," and he mm -hmm. says, "Yeah." He said, uh, uh, "You know, I, that when he was a kid, he saw uh, a craft that was uh, sitting between two power lines, oh. and that it scared the hell out of him because he said it was sitting on the ground, but the door was open from the bottom." And he goes, he goes, we didn't see anybody or anything come in or out, but it scared the hell out of him. And, uh, wow. you know, he took off running when he was a kid. And that's what got him involved in, in UFOs and stuff. Um, I get so many military uh, people reporting, you know, experiences. And, uh, I mean, I had one Marine here who was in Camp Pendleton who was early – he, he was abducted through the barrack ceiling <laughs> to oh, low earth that. orbit. And, right. and, and in his case, uh, it, it was a group of like all grays, but they were kind of threatening him. And I think they were trying to gauge the wants of a warrior okay. instead of threatening them back. He started praying out loud and, and there was like kindness coming out of him. And the next thing he knows, he's back there in his barracks. He's like in the middle of the floor and his bunkmate's shaking him. He said, where were you? He was looking for him for a couple of hours. He thought the guy went AWOL or something. Well, he was AWOL, but in low Earth orbit. Uh, but, you know, I mean, other cases that, that are so similar, you know, and, and, and you, you can't discount them. It seems like people are 
are, are literally taken physically sometimes and um, sometimes to low Earth orbit. And they're given messages. They're shown the Earth below, shown the fragility of our world, and people come back changed. You know, yeah. it's like Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut. He went, the he went he went to outer space, but in a rocket. You know, Saturn V. <laughs> But the same effect, he said that he felt this great feeling of connectedness with the universe where everything finally made sense. And he felt like he wanted to take every politician on Earth up there and show them and kind of shake them and say, look, look, you know, this is what we're protecting. Right. These these contactees and abductees, it's the same effect. You know, they 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 come back from this experience oftentimes. Uh, sometimes with PTSD, it's shocking. It pulls your baseline reality out from under you like a rug. But then people are changed by it. Their empathy seems to be amplified. They, their, uh, you know, synchronicities will happen for them. That that that's how it manifests in my life. Is I have these meaningful coincidences that will happen to where it's beyond coincidence it's almost like there's somebody writing your life out as a script out there you know i mean i'll be talking about say you know some writer that i love and have never met and and the friends and and uh, it's it's you know paul heineck inviting me to have lunch with dr jacques valet or something you know which just <laughs> happened you know and I, I couldn't go i just had oral surgery actually oh. so yeah. I didn't lead on Jock, and it, it, I was walking out of the surgery center. For God's sakes, I hope he could that that lunch out again because I love Jock Fillet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's, that's yeah, he's my life. Of, Synchronicities, yeah. dude. You know. Right. <laughs> so you're in California, right? That's where. That's where yes. Yeah. I'm and Southern so, California. I'm yeah. a Valley boy. So Valley boy. Yeah, I have a daughter that lives in Hesperia, which is I guess above L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she lives there. Oh, you know what? Speaking of her, um, this is what she had seen. She's 26 now. She's seen this when she was uh, about 15. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She saw one of our ubiquitous black triangles. Yeah, she actually saw it we twice. We have a lot of them out here. Yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, she was actually uh, going to South Texas and uh, almost to the border where they were heading. She got mm -hmm. to a place right around Raymondville, Texas, and she happened to look up. It was dark. She was in the back seat, and she said she looked up out the window, and she thought that her phone was on, you know, because she had it sitting on her lap. So <sighs> when she looks down at her, at her phone, it was face down, and it was off anyway. So when she looked back up at it, it shot backwards, and she said mm -hmm. that when it shot backwards, it actually looked more like it was skipping, but she said it happened so, so fast. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Good times, but uh, I had a, a off-duty police officer in Bakersfield who went to take his dogs out at night. Right, backyard. This guy lived on the foot of the uh, Bakersfield Airport over there. The sort of the the flight path, sort of the the landing area ended in front of his house, more or less. Oh wow! But he went out to you know let his dogs do their thing and he has this weird feeling he looks over where his neighbor's house was is about 35 feet away and he saw one of those guys black triangle lights were off it was just hanging there maybe 10 feet above the neighbor's roof <laughs> imagine that right. um oh, wow, yeah. i don't know if the pilot was taking a nap or having a coffee break or what <laughs> So he said that he was close enough to where he could see uh, like indentation on the side of this triangle and he could see um, what looked like a hydraulic system. <clears throat> he had been in the Navy and it reminded him of the hydraulic systems he saw on aircraft carriers. So he okay. felt like perhaps this was, you know, something that we had built in the black project of some sort. I'm 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 sort of half and half with that. I, I kind of think that they're coming from us, but I think that our visitors have black triangles too. Uh, right. They they maybe maybe we're being copycat with them. Yeah, you know, some reverse engineering going on there maybe. Yeah, I mean, I would be disappointed if in 70 years since Roswell we hadn't you know 
figured some of that out. So maybe that's what we're seeing this year. You know, black budget tax dollars at work, folks. <laughs> I just I like know. riding one, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I told you before, but like, uh, and it was probably a good, I bet closer to 20 years now, maybe 18 years. I was fishing in Galveston and a gentleman I was with, it was maybe like, I don't know, two or three o'clock in the morning. And we were on the, we were on the jetties. And he says, hey, Joe, look. And he points up to our left. So I, I, when I looked up to the left. We seen this round disc. Yeah. I mean, it was, we saw it clear as day, even though it was night. It was a full moon, not a cloud in the sky. Cool. And this thing was maybe about 300 feet above our heads. And like I tell everyone, <laughs> I think a professional baseball player could have hit it with a baseball. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and, and it was so slow. It moved so slow and so steady. No wobbles. It didn't have mm. any lights. But on the bottom, you could tell that there was like a little, maybe like a half dome on the bottom. And there mm. were like some little black, which I don't know if there were like indentations or, or vents or something like that. But uh, Sort of like this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, we saw it. It made no noise. And like two or three miles down from where we were at, there's a small uh, airstrip for like single engine planes, private planes that come in. And you can hear those things coming in and buzzing away. This thing was right above, above us. Didn't make a, didn't make a sound. Mm. But Ellington Air Force Base, which is a you know a military base, isn't that far away. Maybe thirty miles away from where we were at. So you know, I always kind of think about that too. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. I had one uh, aerospace engineer put in a, a sighting report over the uh, Plant Forty Two. <clears throat> which is owned by Lockheed Skunk Works. Uh, Boeing has a satellite facility next door. It's all the same gated area. And, you know, you can't, they, they, security is very tight there. But this guy was working late one night and he, uh, he was driving home and he sees the stars being blotted out in front of him. It's very dark. Uh, we're talking high desert, Lancaster, Palmdale area. So he slowed his car down to a crawl, and he said that he watched this thing just glide right over. Uh, no lights were on. It was just perfectly, perfectly silent. And he said that it was so smooth. He said that it was, he'd never seen anything go so smoothly. So he'd stopped his car, and he's watching this. At this point, he got out, and he said that it went right over the Lockheed Boeing facility there. He said it landed, but it was like... It was like watching a feather fall. He said it was perfectly silent, so smooth. It was just unnaturally so. And and then he asked me if I knew how I got onto the project somehow. Well, I don't know. My mom unable. She passed away back nineteen ninety nine. Um, so sorry, I'm not sure I'm charged with that, but. Uh, uh, a lot of people kind of think that those are ours, and I, I, I tend that way, but then I'll get other stories where, you know, somebody's abducted by a triangular craft or something, and th then I wonder, you know, what is what. So, but uh, it, it, we certainly have a lot of triangular uh, sightings out here. It's, it's a thing. I'll, be, I'll actually be given a little presentation at the MUFON Symposium about the the Black Triangles of Southern California. Okay. Uh, Bob Spearing, uh, our director of investigations internationally, he he asked me to do a, a little presentation, and it's like, sure, you know, because we've got them. You know, it was enough of a thing where he saw the pattern and thought that it should be should be known out there. So, hmm. But I, I, I these guys, they're they're very interesting. Yeah. What are some, uh, well, besides a triangle, what are some other uh, common crafts that are seen? Well, people still see sauce. You know, I, a few years ago, I had a multi-witness case out in Azusa, California. Um, two women gave chase to uh, a, a spherical red object, like right out of Close Encounters, right? The little right. guy that was following everything. So... They ran across town in, in a little mini. <laughs> it wasn't oh, a sports wow. car. I know. It was, wasn't all that fast. But they were able to kind of keep up with it, and they saw its trajectory, and then they got stuck in a cul-de-sac 
So the two women got out of their car and they, they're watching this, uh, this red spherical object doing a falling leaf motion over the hills there. Uh, there's an old abandoned torpedo testing area that they have in the area. Um, it's all federally closed land now, though, and, and federally owned. Uh, so, you know, you, they have warning signs everywhere, just like at Plant 42 and Area 51. So something's going on in Azusa, I guess. All right, so the women are, they're, they're stuck. They can see this thing from a distance doing the falling leaf motion when all of a sudden everything lights up behind them. Um, the one woman thought that the parking lot lights had come on. Nope, they hadn't. Uh, there's like a 40-foot across flying saucer hovering over a house again. <laughs> and they said that it would blink off and on, like in and out of existence, though it had some sort of camouflage invisibility uh, cloak that was working quite properly. So that was a really good case. There were two really good witnesses. Uh, I mean, I went out to the site. I took theodolite photos area and where they saw everything. I was chased out of town by two of by the way. I was taking oh. the theodolite photos. Uh, I'd finished taking the photos, and I did stay behind the warning signs and stuff, but I guess uh, contracted security or something uh, i found uh, in front of me there was a humvee no markings just camouflage it looked really sort of like like high-tech vehicle i haven't seen a humvee like this before it's sleek looking low slung to the ground and then there's one lo and behold that comes up right behind me and these guys had me boxed in on a one-lane highway oh geez and they escorted me out of Azusa, California. I very illegally called my state director at the time on the phone. It's like, Jeff, this is happening. Does this usually happen? It's like, no, just be careful and, and don't crash and, you know, go where they're taking you, I guess. So they got me to the freeway on ramp and they escorted me onto the freeway. And once they saw I was out of town, they got off the freeway. So right. I hit some nerve. There was a third witness that saw the, the red craft. He was about three or four miles away. He's an ex-Navy uh, ex airman, I believe. If not, it's been a while. It's been about five years. But uh, so there was one person that saw all this happen that was, that was seeing it from afar. It was unconnected with the two witnesses. And then I had the two... Uh, front seat witnesses who uh who saw everything it, it was a fantastic case i mean to figure out the flight path and everything i actually used a hunter tracking app had the woman redo oh, wow. her drive for me so i which streets they were on um i could see you know she there was a period of time where she lost sight of the thing because it was behind some buildings and sure enough you know this is like a three mile drive and and there were the buildings it would have matched their view. Um, I went and canvassed the area, uh, asked other people if they'd seen anything, left my, with uh, a lot of neighbors. The guy who owned the house where the UFO was hovering, I wanted to t go out with a Geiger counter and, and maybe arboreal ladder and because it was over the tree. I thought maybe we'd get some you know, residual radiation uh, readings or something. Well, he was a very religious man, and he was not having it. He said, you're not going to go and look for UFOs on my property. Now get off my own. <laughs> right. yes, but that was a really good case, and that was a flying saucer. And we got, like, V-shaped craft, you know, uh, oh, the yeah. black triangles. But I still love flying saucers. I hope I get to see one someday. I haven't. Right, right. <laughs> I've yeah. seen a V-craft up right. close once. You know, you mentioned the Geiger counter. What, what other pieces of equipment do you keep on hand when you do an investigation or just on I've hand? I've got an EMF area? monitor, a real good one. You know, sometimes you'll you'll have like electromagnetic, uh, you know, residual stuff. And uh, and I, I do have bring my Geiger counter and uh, those are the main ones. Uh, you know, there's a good theodolite app that you can get on your iphone if you want one it works 
just as well okay. if you go out and spend, you know, thousand something dollars for a theodolite. It works beautifully. You know, my boss told me that when he was in school, because his mother was very much into UFOs and stuff, and she was like, he's like, I remember growing up with her, uh, like the whole family thought she was crazy, right? <laughs> she was, he said that uh, she was like into UFOs, and that she would go to these conferences, she would go to people's houses, and they would talk, you know? Uh, but uh, he built this project. He was maybe, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade, he told me. He built a project with like this little magnet that was hanging down between two copper rods or something that was supposed to be. He called it a UFO detector, and, hmm. he, and uh, he won like second place at the at the, at the wow. science fair. <laughs> yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah. You could buy those in the back of books when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's where he got the idea from. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that it's more, it's like an EMF monitor, if I'm not mistaken, okay. yeah. which does work. I mean, will detect a UFO if it's close up, you know, yeah. but if it's yeah. close to you, you're probably in it at that point. Yeah. yeah. How, um, how easy or how difficult is it for someone who wants to have, make contact or see a UFO? Uh, oh, well. What do you think about people like, this is what they want to do. They want to go out. They want to have contact, not just research, but have contact. First of all, pay anybody, okay? Because you don't need to pay somebody to look meditative and, and try to make contact for you. And plus, that's like, you know, a secondhand person. You want to do it yourself. Um, I would say be careful who you're trying to contact. I mean, I tried that you know, eight years ago and it worked all too well because my wife and I wound up having a visit <laughs> and it was scary. I mean, it changed me. It changed my life. And then my wife certainly was not thrilled about, you know, for her, like you need to tell your little friends, they need to leave us the alone. I didn't sign up for this, you know, but, um, but you can do it yourself. If you can do a CE five meditation, you just, uh, you meditate. I would just kind of use the the TM method where I, I had a, a mantra that, that I was given years ago. I'm a very lazy meditator. I really don't do it very often, but I still do remember how to do it, and then it usually worked very well for me. Um, so I would concentrate on the curve, and, 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 or you can have like a little mandala to look at or a fractal or something like that. And clear your mind and when you're in that state you just put it out that i really want to meet you et but i would suggest that you put in there i want to be benevolent et right. don't want to be abducted or probed or any of and but but you put that out there and i did i was persistent about it for like a week or two and and i did, wasn't thinking about it i wasn't really taking it seriously i thought you know i'll try it and for me it worked and it worked very very well um and it's it, it scared my pants off practically i mean it was you know <laughs> i had them come through the wall the, the room flooded with light um my wife oh, wow. remembers the room flooding light okay um yeah. but i couldn't move I, they paralyzed me and i had i experienced what uh, what they call the oz effect and uh, where where we had a cricket problem and suddenly you couldn't hear any a, a cricket in the rafters and that that didn't happen it was an old house in burbank and it, it, we had a little concerto of crickets there no crickets no external sounds you couldn't hear you know we were on the chandler bike path there uh there was always a sound of traffic and and, and stuff going on it's an urban area none of that it was quiet as if i was in the middle of the desert um, and I felt very calm and the room flooded with what I thought of as blue light, but I think it just had that feeling of blue, you know, I think it was synesthesia where I was experiencing other senses with, with my eyes maybe, yeah. but it was very calming. And, and I, it, I think it put me into what I, I think of as a hypnagogic state, almost hypnotized. Yeah. And then the action happened. 
um, I couldn't move and I realized that I was paralyzed. I'm a nurse. I used to take care of paralytics and that was, you know, that alone was scary to me. But um, the wall opened up. It was as though somebody had poured cream into a cup of coffee. It swirled around. Um, I've, I've called it, it looked like a little galaxy, but it wasn't that bright. It was just, you know, the, the room was brighter with the light that was in there. But you could see it open up, and there was discs. Uh, I couldn't see any details in the distance, but you could tell that it was it was light coming from somewhere back there. And I had four diminutive creatures that just came in. They didn't walk up to me. It was almost like they were just like floated up to the bed. Uh, there was a tall thing I think of as like a guard or a sentinel standing where where the wall and and this opening uh met you know and he stood there almost like he was watching the whole thing but never uh never revealed himself or herself or whatever it was and they took blood and energy from me and they did not communicate with me which scared the hell out of me uh the little bit of literature that i had read at that point it seemed like people were always at least given a calming you know it's gonna be okay we're not going to harm you. This will be over soon. But it was nothing like that. It was all business. I mean, they acted like a surgical team. Uh, one would start doing something where the other would take over. And it felt to me like I didn't know if they were taking large amounts of blood from me or if it was life force. or. But it felt like I was being drained. And that's when I got really scared. And in my mind, I was yelling at them. I couldn't use my mouth. Um, as soon as I, I felt almost like I was going to pass out, and maybe I did pass out at some point. I mean, this whole thing, it took like 15 minutes for this whole thing to happen. Uh, they had like these two tubes that were connected to me, and they went backwards, almost like you see a fire hose. You know, they just flew back. Nobody was holding them or anything. It was almost like, you know, we're all done doing that and away with you. They kept staring at me, but they were standing still now. The guy standing in the periphery of the opening in the wall was standing motionless as well. They drew backwards while looking at me. I think their eyes have some hypnotic quality to them. And uh, the door, the, the, the wall did the swirly thing again, but backwards. And, it, you know, the wall was whole. The room was still flooded with light. And it took me about maybe three to five minutes before I could move. I still, I could move my eyes. I could breathe. You know, I could sense everything around me, but I couldn't interact with it. When I finally could, I started yelling and screaming and I shook my wife. And her reaction was, oh my God, you've joined this crazy UFO group. Is this the kind <laughs> of thing I have to look forward to in the future? But the room was still flooded with light. That's the thing. But she... I just curled up into a, like the fetal position. And I, you know, I told my state director from MUFON about it the next day <laughs> and he didn't want to hear this. You know, he was pretty much a nuts and bolts kind of investigator. And suddenly his new field investigator is saying he's met aliens, you know, right, <laughs> it's like, right. well, that's convenient. Um, and, and it just, I, I kept this to myself for years. I, I would tell new field investigators because I felt like I owed them that little heads up, that like a caveat, you know, to where this happened to me. It, if you poke at the phenomena, don't be surprised if it pokes back, you know, right. and, and be careful with the CE5 stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, I spoke with Kathleen Marden about it and she took it very, very seriously. Um, we, we had lunch and she, uh, I told her the whole thing and she felt like I had met with, with this band of renegade greys that were out there. Okay. Um, she had heard other cases that were very similar to mine. And, uh, and she had, she was heading up MUFON's experience or reach team at that, the ERT. And after we talked, I said, well, you know, I might be interested in becoming an ERT member. And she said, well, Earl, what do you think we were doing? 
between the last hour. <laughs> I was interviewing you for the ERT. And before I knew it, I was I was working in the, you know, the ERT and and uh, I was like a fish to water. I mean, I, I had that experience, Joe. And I think that that's a huge difference because I'll tell a person, I, I'll say, I know that what you're telling is true because I've been this myself. My wife, two nights after our initial experience, by the way, she was the one who was shaking me. Okay. And our room was flooded with light again. And she was pacing by the bed. And what she said was, oh, my God, Earl, you need to tell your little friends they need to leave us alone. I sign up for this kind of thing, you know. And she, But after, you know, I mean, for me, thank God. I mean, at least Lisa, my wife, knows that I'm not insane. I mean, she went through the same thing. For her, she doesn't want to talk about it in public. I don't blame her, you know. UFOs are my thing, but she will stand up for me. Somebody starts saying that I'm talking out of my woo, you know, she'll <laughs> she'll get in on them and just my husband's not a liar and and this is true and you don't know what you're talking about. You know. So it helps so, having that family, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, talking exactly. initially like that. Yeah. Um, God bless her. Yeah. And I, I already talk about this, but I'm going to tell you right now and whoever's listening, right? Uh, about a year ago, maybe a year and a half, I started, you know, doing some meditation that someone uh, told me to do, and I had some pretty good results out of it. Uh, mm. I, uh, I saw my light, my room fill up with blue light, just oh. like you said. There you um, go. That's I, a yeah. marker. Right. So I told my friend about it, right? And he's in the Bigfoot field with, along with me. I won't say his name because mm-hmm. people know him. Um, mm-hmm. So he started doing this too. And his girlfriend and them saw this blue light in their room, but they saw an, an orb. And they mm-hmm. both saw it together. And she freaked out. And she's like, you're wow. not doing this shit anymore either. You know? uh, but yeah, that the, the, the blue light happened to me. Um, I saw a little figure one day. Uh, when I came out of my restroom, it was late at night. I, I was working nights at the time, and um, he was standing against my bedroom door, and he backed up through it. You wow! Know, it, was, it was really quick. Yeah, it was really really uh, quick. And I had some other strange stuff. I won't get in, in, in mm. <laughs> too much detail. They're Maybe masters I'll, I'll... of time, space, and matter. I mean, they can. Yeah. You know, it's no big deal for them to to walk through the wall, right? Now, bring people uh, through. You don't hear about you know people being taken into a ufo through a door usually it's right through the wall and 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 so during that time i had some strange dreams some very strange Mm -hmm. dreams and like i said i I won't get uh, too much detail right now but some very Mm -hmm. strange dreams man it 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 involved containers and water filling up you know uh crazy crazy stuff but uh yeah that's uh, even biblical it says that young men will dream dreams and old men will see visions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess I, you know, I'm not young anymore, but, you know, yeah. there you go. So yeah. uh, This is actually a, a question I was going to ask you, and, and but, but Lupa's asking me, too, what do you think about Bob Lazar's story? And mm. I was going to ask you, what do you think about him in general? Uh, you know, mm. there's a lot of people. He's interesting. Yeah. Um, I know some people have problems with Bob's story. Right. I do know the person that used to drive him to California tech or his classes you would drop him off and pick him up again so he is going there for some reason okay. um i do know that his name and phone number in the lawrence are more phone and uh those guys were all you know nuclear physicists and stuff that were there yeah. um my personal feeling is i've, I've talked to a couple people about this um, my mom, when she worked for officialdom, when she was working primarily as a headhunter for aerospace companies, uh, she would sometimes get like young, unschooled geniuses and throw them at problems like Northrop. Uh, they, they had a problem with their mainframe computer and my mom sent friends out there. Now he was like 17 years old. Um, he graduated high school early because he was a math whiz. 
I mean, his mom was my math teacher and she hated me. She made me sit <laughs> in the rain once because I didn't do oh. my homework. I was terrible at math. But he, he could, you know, look at a huge queue of numbers and he would see which number didn't belong there. And so he brought out this paper, you know, after he came back from this job my mom sent him on. He'd been gone for a couple weeks and came back with a new car and a pocket full of cash. <laughs> Had the old computer readouts, and it's like floop, 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 floop. And he says, you see this number here? It was circled in orange grease pencil, right? It's his pre-marker days. We're talking 1970s. He said, this jammed up the whole computer system at Northrop, and, and I was able to figure out what it was, and we were able to fix it. And they were so thrilled. How do you like my new car? Right. <laughs> and, that's, and that's, so I think that maybe Bob Lazar was the same kind of thing that I, 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 I don't know that there's a record really of him having that doctorate. And technically, he would be able to go back to school and, and challenge it and get a doctorate back if the CIA or somebody had disappeared it for him. Right. Um, but I think that they threw him at a problem. I think the problem was that flying discs that they had, and they couldn't figure out how the propulsion worked or anything else. And they thought, well, maybe this young buck can figure it out for him. And, and, We'll toss some cash at them or something, you know, and that that's my feeling. I've talked with a few people in officialdom and they they kind of nod their head. Yes, that that could be a very good possibility. I mean, I know Stanton Friedman couldn't stand Bob Lazar's story, but, you know, Kathleen felt like it was valid, you know, and Kathleen was Stanton's co-writer on a bunch of stuff. Um, so that, that's my feeling with Lazar. I think that perhaps he, he attended class because he understood it. He couldn't afford to go to Caltech, but he, he just sat in there and took the class as though he were a student. Um, and, and maybe that's what's going on there. Or maybe he is a, you know, maybe he is a physicist. He, they disappeared his, his doctorate, you know, I mean, he, apparently pissed off some the the, the wrong people there yeah and, yeah i think that's no doubt that he did that <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway do i think he's the real deal yeah i think that he saw what he saw i i don't know that you know the, the story is exact you know exactly honest all the way through but but you know i i, I don't know i i'm not sure but yeah. you know there's weird stuff at area 51 Groom yeah, he seems to know a lot for you know yeah he does yeah he does and he, he's definitely a smart guy that's for damn sure mm -hmm. yeah and uh yeah so you know what about you man what do you got coming up for 2023 yeah. what's uh what's on your radar busyness <laughs> i mean i was on ancient Ages last night talking about some of the same stuff i was talking about here in greater detail but I mean, I already had like seven new experiencer reports come into lot, you know, from like the Southern California area alone. Apparently, after the that MUFON episode of, of Ancient Aliens, that we had so many cases come in that that it almost broke down our, our computer management system. <laughs> it was sort of it was questionable whether it, that's how the report came in. So uh, I'm always, always busy with cases. I, I, I teach a class in ufology at Otis uh, College of Art and Design here in Los Angeles. Uh, our new semester started three weeks ago. Uh, so that keeps me busy. Um, I've, uh, I just had a, a documentary released called MUFON and UFOs, The Proof is Out There, uh, that award-winning uh, filmmaker Jeremy Nori uh, did. And it's... Uh, it features myself and, and two of my field investigators and and just kind of follows us around a little bit and seeing how we do what we do with MUFON. And that you can watch on, on the Tubi streaming network, and it's also available on Netflix. And it's just called MUFON and UFOs. The proof is out there. So it's an hour long, and I think it's a worthwhile uh, documentary. So I got more media is done up this year. I've got the symposium coming up. Um, I'm, I'm running both of the uh, experiencer workshops, the Cincinnati MUFON uh, symposium this year. Um, let's see. I'm speaking at the Big Minville uh, UFO Festival in Oregon in May. I think that's May 
18th through the through the 22nd, I think. What's and the name that's of that one again? Huh? What's the name of that one again? The, the it's the McMenamin's UFO Festival. It, it's in McMinnville, Oregon, where they had the that that site back in the 19 uh, late 50s, uh, I believe. Uh, the what do they call it? Setting, I think. But there was the photograph, and the guy had it in a roll of film, and and uh, and then he kept taking pictures because he didn't want to waste the rest of the roll of film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was, and and it, that uh, I know that uh, that uh, Bruce Maccabee has done all a, a great deal of research on that case, and and everything about that photograph screams UFO, you know just the shadowing and the detail. There are people that wanted to say that he'd thrown a hubcap in the air and taken a photograph of it, right? right. right. And, and Maccabee yeah. was able to prove that this was, you know, hogwash, that it was the real deal. Mm -hmm. So they have their UFO festival every year, and I'm, I'm really proud to be speaking at it. I mean, it's going to be Sev Talk, my colleague from the ERT, who's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Travis Walton is is one of the speakers. Oh, cool. uh, Cheryl Costas is going to be speaking, and and myself. So, um, anyway, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that, and just getting MUFON meetings, in-person ones, rolling again here in Los Angeles. We were shut down by COVID, but we're ready to open again. So that's that's going to be happening too. A lot yeah, of um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Someone typed in here about the uh, about the balloons, you know, the Chinese balloons. But yeah, mm -hmm. we went over that earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. You have to go back and watch. I hope it wasn't there. a UFO that we shot at. I don't think we could bring a UFO down though with just a you know. Yeah. I mean, they they shut down a whole missile base for God's sake. It just hovered there and shot a little light down. And you know, we, we've all heard, you know. So Robert, what if somebody wants to get tell a story? You know, right, right. I was going to ask, uh, what if somebody wants to get in contact with you? How would they get in contact with you? Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm just Earl Gray on Facebook, and you'll see I always have like a MUFON thing for my wallpaper, and it says a State Director of Southern California. You can email me at Earl Gray Anderson, S O N and Anderson, uh, G R E Y for the Gray, Earl Gray Anderson at gmail.com. That'll go directly to me. Um, and if you see a UFO or you've had an experience of visitation or abduction, uh, go right to MUFON.com. On the frontest page, you'll see there's, you know, report a UFO or report an entity. And if click on one of those, it will take you to the appropriate document and you can put in a, a case report. And myself or somebody like myself will go and investigate your sighting or your if you if you put in uh, an experience or questionnaire we're listeners we treat those cases differently we are not there to judge the person or to find out if it actually happened or any of that we're there as to to help you wrap your head around what happened to you um, and I can get we, we have support groups that are available out there that I can refer you to if you have a burning desire to be hypnotically regressed, I've, I've got people that can, you know, I mean, it's that is not offered by MUFON. It's out of pocket and through private people that do this, licensed hypnotherapists. But I do have a list of people that we've vetted that can uh, that can do that properly for you. And and that's how to get a hold of me, you know. <laughs> what Most people just talk to me on Facebook, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on yeah, LinkedIn. It's Earl Gray Anderson, and uh, but in the email, the Gmail one, Earl Gray Anderson, gmail.com, they'll get right to me. Yeah. And if anybody wants to get a hold of them, they can't get a hold of me. I'll shoot them a message and give them your information. Absolutely. How does someone become a member of MUFON if they want to do investigations or research? Go to MUFON.com. Um, you can go and. Uh, it, it's got right on the front page as well. It says become a MUFON field investigator. Um, you get the MUFON uh, field investigators handbook written by my friend Ron Rieger, who's uh, you know, used to be uh, 
uh, rocket cyst and and he wrote a beautiful just wonderful wonderful manual on how to become a ufologist there is a way and you see that book and you take a test it's a it's an open book test multi-choice and uh, it took me about a week and a half to read and, and take the test and do it all and okay. uh, and then we will mentor you uh, with with your first case, but you'll get a caseload and and you will become a hands-on MUFON field investigator. Greatest decision, one of the greatest decisions I ever made in my life. Uh, up there, marrying my wife and you know yeah. those yeah. those essential things. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it changed my life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And lastly, I have one other question for you. You're a singer, songwriter, guitarist. Who were some mm -hmm. of your musical inspirations? Uh, music. What was that? My who were some of your musical inspirations? Uh, I'm a obsessive Beatles fan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you, if you could see my shelf better, <laughs> I, I got the yellow submarine there. It's it's either flying saucers or Beatles. It seems like. <laughs> or flying um, Beatles. I, I love. Uh, the music. I love Bob Dylan's lyricism. I love, yeah. uh, you know, I kind of an old deadhead. You know, I lo love okay. the Grateful Dead because they they were so interesting. They sort of became one with the audience. The audience became the band, and there was a lot of telepathy going on on stage. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of the band Yes, and I used to know Chris Squire, their bass player, who we said a lot years back but chris had had a ufo experience and uh and we we would speak till three in the morning sometimes it, it made the biggest impression on his life he'd, he'd be watching this right now if he was still with us that's how much he was into it so music and ufos go together and musicians make wonderful field investigators yeah yeah, yeah. they travel so yeah. intuition that's the big number if you're a good musician, you can intuit what the other guys are going to do. It's like almost a form of tele telepathy. Um, you don't go and turn around and say, take a solo, Charlie. I mean, sometimes people will do that, but, right. you know, it's almost, you know, it's sort of like you become one with the other people. And, and that's kind of what you have to do with the UFOlogy. You you sort of, it's it's uh, it's part psychic, it's part, part material. But it's it's unlike anything else, and 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 intuition and in, in, in those things where you can sort of take, you know, arcane knowledge from somewhere else. That's what musicians do, and that's what you do as a ufologist if you're good at it. Well, cool, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. You, you know, you're a great guy to talk to. Because I got 200 more questions, but you know, we'll save that for another day, man. Uh, Thank you. I, yeah. I'm happy to come back. Yeah, so I, I do appreciate it, and uh, uh, everybody in the chat room, and I appreciate all the great comments and questions, man. You know, I've seen some of them. Yeah. Sammy Hagar, yeah, he definitely had a he had an encounter with our friends. Yep. <laughs> Cool beans, man. Anything you want to John say? John Lennon, too. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say John, John Lennon. I, I heard yeah. about that too. I, I spoke with May Payne once. Well, just she was it, it was like online, but I was able to ask her about the UFO sighting that, that they had. And like you, she said, if I had a baseball, I could have hit it. Yeah. They saw oh, it from their balcony in New York, 1973, yeah. I think. He yeah. wrote he I, wrote about it in some songs. Right, you know, I I had a playlist that a friend sent me of songs from bands or uh, individuals who wrote songs, and they were about their experiences. And when you read, you when and when you read the lyrics, you're like, oh crap, it is about a UFO. Experience. Yep, you know? yeah. <laughs> it'll make an impression on you. And if you're an artist or a musician, you can ex it's you're going to express it. I did. You can too. Yeah. Well, cool, man. It's, uh, it's about that time, and uh, like I said, I just want to thank you, man. You're you're uh, you're an awesome guy, man. You're very uh, genuine. Thank you, That's Joe. Yeah, you're very. It's always a pleasure to come on to your show. I'm I I'm always happy to come back. So, yeah. and is there anything I could ever do for you? Share, promote, whatever. Just tag me in it, and I'll share it away, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. No problem. And uh, I'll be on tomorrow. I got a show tomorrow night, guys. So, 
Uh, I know it's Super Bowl, but uh, I think I can get better ratings than those guys. So we'll see. There you go. <laughs> you can listen to this show and watch the Super Bowl at the same time. That's what I do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cool. Hey, thanks for that. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, uh, you, have, you guys. All right, it's you a have pleasure. A good night, guys.